members of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. This is a show about your life and your money. Christina Ellis Ramsey Personality is my co-host today. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Joe's in Lansing, Michigan to start off this hour. Hey, Joe, what's up? Hey, Dave. It's an honor to speak with you. You too. How can we help? So I'm a little nervous to say this uh, to Dave Ramsey himself, but I typically use credit cards for all my day-to-day transactions. <gasps> what? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wanting to switch over to cash, but every time I do switch to spending with cash, it seems like I actually spend more, mm-hmm. even if I do stay within my budget. Mm-hmm. For example, if I'm like at the grocery store and I have, say, $50 left in my budget towards the end of the month, mm-hmm. um, if I'm using cash and it's sitting there in my envelope, I'll go and grab a couple steaks, maybe a, a you know case of beer or something. Whereas if I'm using a credit card, already knowing that I've racked up four hundred bucks on this month's statement, it really keeps me away from mm-hmm. you know spending that little extra money and making that statement hurt that much more when it comes in the mail. So my question is basically, how can I kind of get over that mental hurdle and switch to using cash so I don't have to do business with people like Visa and Mastercard? <laughs> Okay. Well, the, um, the, the the principle of this whole thing, the old grandma's old envelope system, and if you have a grocery envelope and you have the money for your grocery budget in the envelope, you can't spend that money on anything except groceries, and you can't spend, uh, you know, it's all, and, and when it's empty, you quit buying. And so your problem is you're ending up with money left over, which means you might be overfunding the envelope. Okay. You might be um, over. You might be overfunding the category, but the overall idea behind the thing is, and uh, is that we figured out years ago at Ramsey that personal finance is eighty percent behavior, and so mm-hmm. when we can do things that create friction, that create rec- mental and emotional recognition of spending, then it tends to lower and control spending within a category. So, for instance, a more sophisticated version of that is on a website, if you have to click too many times and do too many hoops to make make the purchase, people will bail on the cart. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. Yeah, jump out <laughs> because there's too much friction. The opposite end of that is Amazon Prime. You click buy now and it's on your porch in an hour or two, you know. And so that's the ultimate and low friction situation. But what we what the research tells us and research done by MIT is that when people spend cash, it activates the pain centers of their brain. When you spend plastic, it does not. And, and, so and you, I've it, heard you say that. Before. Yeah, but it, sorry, but it's I'm not sorry, it's not working know. with you for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with your brain, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I, I don't care. I don't care what I would tell you to do if you want to is uh, switch to a debit card, not a credit card, and that's okay. coming out of your checking account. And that way, there's no chance that you accidentally overspend a category and end up in debt. And then if you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, Years ago, I did that, for instance, with the uh, gas pump. When I Mm -hmm. started teaching this, you still had to go inside the store to pay for your gas. I mean, this is 35 years ago, right? And and then they put those things at the pump where you don't even have to walk inside, and you stick your card in there. And, you know, what's interesting is the upheaval 
on high gas prices when you had to walk in the store and pay cash. The political uh, firestorm was much higher because people noticed what they were paying. But when you don't even have to walk inside and you just put your little card in there and the only aggravation is you see a large number, but that's the only thing, then the political firestorm associated with high gas prices isn't as high uh, because they're ready to string the president up the first time it went to $5 and we all paid cash. Now it's just kind of like, eh, well, it's one of those things. And so, uh, but that's what's going on. So I would use your debit card. Christina, you got a suggestion? Yeah, I'm curious. You said that you'll walk into the grocery store sometimes with $50 and then go get some steaks and a case of beer. That sounds like more than $50. Have you had the experience? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What kind of cheap steak are you eating, man? (laughs) Have you had the experience when you get to check out and it's more than the $50? Or what's kind of been your parameters Uh, with that? I, I more meant one or the other, not both at the same time. Yeah, that put me over fifty dollars. Um, <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of expensive. My default setting is very frugal. I'm, yeah. I'm well yeah. under my means as is. I maybe I'm just you know getting too nitpicky about it, but yeah. Um, no, I think yeah, I think you know what what it amounts to is, is you don't get um uh you 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 very seldom were overspending before you met us, right. And so all we're doing is giving you some guidelines and some mechanical processes. So yeah, what baby step are you in right now? Um, I guess technically I'm in six, but I'm doing more than the fifteen percent in my retirement. That's awesome. Yeah, very good. It doesn't feel like I'm in six yet. I still feel like I'm a youngin. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You need to buy more stuff. You're too cheap. <laughs> you need to enjoy some I mean, of your money. Really? I'm I feel being, like I'm, I don't have any to enjoy still. I mean, I know. I'm I, thinking, I, you know, yeah. well, you had some left over and didn't want to buy a steak. I mean, so I want you to enjoy some of your money a little bit at the grocery store. That's okay. You don't have to be on beans and rice at this stage. And so yeah. here, here's the thing a lot of people, uh, most people that we deal with are spenders in our culture, but occasionally we run into a frugal person like you, and we all have to learn all three. We have to develop all three money muscles the generosity muscle the saving investing muscle and the spending muscle and the spending muscle means in wise spending but doing some we have to enjoy money we have to save and invest it and we have to be generous and if you're not doing and frugal people tend to leave that one off and spenders tend to not do either one of the other ones because they just spend it all on themselves but um but that that's what we run into right i don't think that he expected such an affirming response after calling it about credit cards <laughs> <laughs> Well, there is that, but yeah, yeah, I would chop up the credit card for sure and get a debit card. That's not a question. Um, and you know, we're we're anti credit card here. There's just uh, so many things that can go wrong with the use of a credit card, and the the debit card will do everything. The credit card will do it has the same fraud protections. I travel all over the world with my debit cards. I don't have any issues with them that are any of you don't have with your credit card. All of us get the fraud alert you know sometimes and oh, no, 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 you know and all this and did you buy three dollars worth of gas in canada nope i didn't <laughs> um so something wrong there that we all get those things right but uh but but you know so i carry debit cards that's all i carry our company has debit cards hundreds of them with our you know our team that travels and everything else and so uh and they use cash as well Uh, we don't have a company credit card at ramsey none of us do and we don't even have and i certainly don't have any at home although christina full disclosure after 30 years of doing this i'm still trying to get sharon to call it a debit card what does she call it she still says hand me the credit card after 35 years no. of me telling people not to use a credit card, my own wife is a traitor. 
No, I'm kidding. No, she actually knows what it is, but she just forgets. She's like, give me the credit card. And I'm like, no, don't say that out loud. Somebody will hear you. You're Sharon freaking Ramsey. That'll You'll start a rumor. There'll be a whole Reddit thread over you. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone and they even have low cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. Christina Ellis, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Heather's with us in Richmond, Virginia. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, uh, Dave and Christina. Um, Thanks so much for taking my call today. Absolutely. How can we help? Um, So I... uh, Paid my, I had student loans starting from 2012, and I have been actively paying exactly as I should, never went into deferment, um, paid all the way through the pandemic, and then decided to make a lump sum to pay off, um, pay them completely off in January of 2021. Wonderful. Um, I recently found, <laughs> um, but I recently found out that I would qualify for, um, that I very likely would qualify for the Biden student loan forgiveness. And I'm wondering if there should be any moral dilemmas or misgivings about this, um, because I don't, you know, I don't need this money. I'm on baby steps four, five, and six. And so should I have any misgivings about possibly applying for this forgiveness? Hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you what your morals are. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I can tell you where... Uh, <sighs> Okay, so let's talk about a couple of metaphors, all right, to kind of walk alongside mm-hmm. this on ethics. A lot of ethics things are, if you if you answer them uh, and say, how would I want to be treated if I were on the other side of this? If you're on the other side of something from another party, then you can look at that. That's a little difficult here because this is the government you're on the other side of. So it's kind of like who mm-hmm. gives a rip on that part of it. But, like, you know, we tell people not to use credit cards. We're just talking about that. 
And then we have sometimes uh, a business owner who's gone through Financial Peace University, paid off a bunch of credit cards, gotten rid of all their credit cards, only has debit cards, and they hate credit cards, and they own a pizza restaurant. Now, do I, is it a moral dilemma for them to take a credit card? Um, I tell them it's not a moral dilemma for them to take a credit card. Uh, because they don't, I'm a public figure. I come out, tell people don't use credit cards. So for me to use a credit card would be pretty much straight up hypocrisy, right? I came out in the state of Tennessee passed, uh, this ridiculous lotto a few years ago, and I knew the data on the lotto before they passed it. The data on lottos, if you guys out there don't know is, um, the state of Tennessee uses a lot of money to send people to college. Okay, you get three, four thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, or whatever, if you live in the state of Tennessee towards your college from the lotto fund. However, the lotto is primarily pay, played by people in poor zip codes, so it's pretty much poor people sending rich people, middle class people to school. And so I, I raised hell about that when they're passing it in the state of Tennessee. I lost. The state passed it. It's been going for a decade or more. And when my kids went to college. You know, they qualify for it's not income based at all. Everybody can get the three thousand bucks. So do I go get the three thousand bucks? No. I'm a public figure that campaigned against it. For me to go take that money then would be hip- hypocritical. But Heather, on the other hand, you're more like the pizza store owner. You haven't <laughs> publicly come out and decried on the front page of the Wall Street Journal that this whole thing is a scam and a bunch of freaking communists running DC and I you know like I have right and so you're not in the same position of the Ramsey personalities any Ramsey personality to take student loan forgiveness as hard as we've come out against it would be inconsistent but but mm-hmm. you know uh it it, it if our uh, a uh, young lady, 25 years old, is a creative and works somewhere inside of Ramsey. Is she morally wrong to take the forgiveness? No, it's a government program. She didn't steal anything. She didn't do anything wrong. It's not. Uh, she's not being a, a ne'er-do-well. So I don't think you have a moral uh, thing. I also am okay if you decide you don't want to take it on moral grounds. Either one would be fine with me is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. You got you got a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people the last several weeks. I've done a lot of Facebook and Instagram lives, hearing people's opinions, and it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are really upset about it. A lot of people are super excited about it, and there's just the whole whole range of emotions. And I think it's hard because I, I actually put a poll out on my Instagram to see you know how people felt, and about eighty percent of the people that responded had negative reactions. They weren't happy about the forgiveness and and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I could understand if maybe your friends are frustrated about the forgiveness that you're probably a little bit hesitant. Um, and I also I think it's okay to say, hey, you know what, I don't know that Washington should have made this decision. Maybe you disagree with the decision and also still go, but the decision's been made and I'm going to go ahead and get the forgiveness. Like I think, like Dave said, it really just depends on your own morals and what you decide, but I think you can feel multiple emotions at the same time be frustrated mm-hmm. if you want to be frustrated about the decision, decision, but also realize the decision's been made. Um, possibly, obviously, there's still some loopholes that yeah. have to be gone through. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, but but also still get the forgiveness. I don't think it's really you know bad if you end up getting getting some of that money back. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I guess another metaphor, and this is probably a little bit harsh of a metaphor, but you know, uh, a lady called in one time that was a uh, a single mom who had lost her job and had two little kids. And, um, you know, she said, I, I'm morally opposed to welfare, but I need to take it to feed my kids right now. 
And I said, well, are you going to take it as a way of life for the next 50 years? No, just till I can find something to work to do. And I said, honey, that's what welfare is for. Go get your kids some food. As a taxpayer that's paying for that, I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, do I want to finance you doing that the rest of your life? No, that's not good for you. It steals your dignity. But, but I'm, not, I'm not saying you're some kind of uh, horrible, deadbeat, single mom feeding your kid with a welfare check. I mean, right. uh, you know, until, you get, until you're able to land a job. Yeah, and so that's the same kind of thing. This is probably that's probably even more visceral or harsh than this discussion. But um, so yeah, I, 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 I if I, I'm I'm going to be your friend either way, Heather is what I'm saying. It doesn't bother <laughs> me. But I think that people would judge me harshly were I to take that, or my family were to take that after I've taken a public person's stand on it, and I think that would be accurate to judge me that way because I think that'd be yeah. hypocritical. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I um, I just was feeling a little conflicted being yeah. that, you know, I, I, on one hand, I can think of a lot of ways that I can, you know, I have a 529 for my daughter that I could put that money into. There you I, go. Um, yeah. I'm adopting next year. But then at the same time, I know that I don't need that money when so, mu- so many other people do that it's really intended well, for. You're not and taking so it from have- someone that, that, that would have gotten it in, if you weren't around. Like, they're not going to go, yeah. hey, Heather got hers and we're out. So, Joan, you don't get any because Heather <laughs> took it. There's not That's not how the program's going to work, okay? So, it's just going to mm-hmm. be. Now, I will tell you one other thing to think about, and, and this is to thoroughly not answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> is I The other thing I do sometimes, particularly when we're dealing with uh, things where I, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm feel like I'm right on something, but I'll just do it anyway. Uh, out of kindness or generosity because and the, and the rule i use on that is w- when i'm 82 laying on my deathbed am i which way am i going to be happy i did this inside my heart of hearts in my soul am i going to be happy yeah. i gave this a little bit more even though the the server was horrible but i left a little bit bigger tip i'm never going to be mad at myself when i'm 82 laying on my deathbed doing that but shorten them i might come up later and go gosh i wish i'd been nicer you know and so it when in doubt don't kind of thing and that makes you further further conflicted but the the biggest concern i got about the whole thing is you're worried about it which kind of means you shouldn't do it in a way mm-hmm. so that's what i'm saying but but that's not a a moral blanket i would throw over everyone out there listening to this conversation i think we've made that clear but yeah um yeah people are pissed and and we can wrap it up with this i kind of don't think it's going to happen anyway <laughs> i really don't because here they announced this and they never told the Department of Education anything about it before they announced it. And they never told uh, studentloan.gov. And they never told, you know, none of the website, none of the administrative things. There's 33 million people they've got to process. And they didn't even tell the agencies that are going to process before they announced it. It kind of makes me think they think it's not going to happen. Man, but if it doesn't happen at this point, it's going to be a train wreck. Oh. Either direction. We'll oh. see. They'll blame it on the Republicans. This is The Ramsey Show.
Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Patrick and Kelly are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Awesome, Dave. How are you and Christina? Better than we deserve. We're so honored to have y'all. Where do y'all live? We are uh, traveling in from the Richmond, Virginia area, Chesterfield, Virginia. Fun. That's a nice area. Welcome to Nashville. How much debt have you paid off? 332000 Way to go. And how long did this take? Just a little bit under six years. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? We started out about 90 and uh, finished up around 130 Good. What do you guys do for a living? I am a, well, I was a uh, sales uh, rep mm-hmm. for a company and uh, became a training manager. Okay. I was a prenatal educator with one of the local health facilities, Correct. but I'm now retired. Oh, good for y'all. Way to go. Okay, 332000 over six years. I'm going to guess and say that might be your house. It does include the house. but the I'm house. looking at weird people. <laughs> yes. yes. That's awesome. The house was just about half of it. So oh, wow. we, we had 188000 of consumer debt. Whoa. And uh, it took us three years to uh, clean that mess up. What it, in the world did you borrow on? Dave, I had this red credit card with the little white circles on it that uh, had about 20 thousand on it you were able to hit the target yes we were too many times (laughs) hit it and hit it and hit it again seriously that was how much of the 188 was target 18 yeah 18,000 okay well 10 percent of it what was the rest of it Uh, we had two cars Mm -hmm. and uh, a bunch of other credit cards we actually have this um, frame that we cut up our credit cards and put them into we had oh yeah i've got it on the screen yeah that's what, that's what 32 credit cards looks like. Oh! Yeah. We share, we share that with our classes that we uh, teach or, or coordinate for FPU. And Thank you. Yes. It's a, a big lesson in you know, what not to do with, with yeah. credit cards. So if some guy comes in there with seven credit cards, he don't feel dumb after seeing that. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, you guys. Thank you. We, wow. also, we also had a uh, $54,000 student loan for our youngest daughter, mm-hmm. Carly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave, it's, that's a, a story in itself. Uh, one night I woke up and I was like, we thought we were debt-free. We, we paid off a 90000 We thought we were debt-free. I woke up in the middle of the night. And I was like, we got a student loan we co-signed for. And I got up, I started Googling, what would Dave say about co-signed student loans? Mm. And then at six o'clock in the morning, Kelly woke up and I'm like, hey, we're not debt-free. Look, this is what Dave says. And she started crying. We had thought we were so close, but Mm. we knew that was ours. So we uh, took that on and and hit it with gazelle intensity also. And and, uh, that was the last component of that 188,000. Wow. Well, you guys have been getting after it for a long time. Yes. I mean, this is a this is a pull. Yeah. So what really started the journey? What lit that fire to get you guys on the road? <laughs> I have to let Kelly answer that. Oh, that's all on me. We were gifted by our one of our daughters um the total money makeover. And I looked at it and dur- just before she gave us that book, I was doing the bills. And it was ugly. I was sick to my stomach every time I had to rob Peter to pay Paul. Mm. And it wasn't working. So I read your book in a day. And I took it to him. And I said, we're in a mess. And we got to figure out how to, how to take care of it. I said, I want you to look at you know, how, what this man recommends. And he looked. He says, that's not going to work. He and could tell by the cover. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so then he finally sucked it up and said, you know, all right, let's give it a try. Let's do it his way. Well, in the meantime, our church was just um, starting some groups and FPU was listed. I signed us up for him Uh-oh. and I didn't tell him. Uh-oh. Um, I told him we... I. We did sign up for a marriage group, so I said we're gonna. We I signed up for two groups. One's a marriage group, and the other one's you know just another group that we're gonna attend. And <laughs> he went reluctantly. By the second class, the I think he was ready to teach. He was it. ready to yeah. go. Yeah. 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 You say, Dave. You say uh, if it's not working my way, then I should try somebody else's way. And I think my pride broke through uh, during that second yeah. class, and I became. Uh, open-minded but uh, she did she did trick me into going to the FBU and it, it was one of the best things that it ever worked. happened to us that's so, a good wife right there yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean six years and over three hundred thousand dollars that's that's a long journey and then you had that surprise with the student loan fifty thousand dollars how did you stay motivated for that long yeah the motivation came from uh teaching or coordinating the FPU classes yeah. uh, we we will actually start our 15th class next Whoa! Wednesday you're like super coordinated <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, friends friends that uh, are here with us uh, Scotty and Shelly Bryan they have been very supportive throughout the process um, they've continued to uh, cheerlead for us they went through our class in 2019 and uh, Dave just uh, to share they also just paid off their house last friday all right so they are now uh baby step seven also yeah (laughs) this is great we got a group right here man this is fun you guys are amazing okay after all this now you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and there's not a payment in the world not even a house payment how old are you two so uh, i'll be (laughs) or i just turned 55 Mm -hmm. how long y'all been married 33 years. Have you ever been debt-free before now? No. Now when you wake up at 6 in the morning and you don't have a payment in the world, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. It is so awesome, Dave. We we added a uh, line item to our budget as we became debt-free. It's it's our uh, gift line item. So above and beyond tithing, we, we now are able to um, bless others and, and share. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most fun you'll ever have, it's isn't it? So it fun. sure is. So fun. Sure is. You guys are amazing. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for leading 15 Financial Peace University classes, sharing this story. You guys are, are troopers. What do you tell people the secret to getting out of debt is? Because you're experts. <sighs> Staying on budget and being content with what you have. Mm. Yeah, that's a that was a huge lesson for me, Dave. I, we didn't just try to keep up with the Joneses. We actually tried to be the Joneses. And, <laughs> and so uh, we were living, you know, pretending to be wealthy. And uh, now we can actually uh, work our way to truly living uh, yeah. like we should. Yeah, you're on your way. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. We talked to a lot of people who have a ton of consumer debt. I love that you guys paid off the consumer debt and the mortgage. And these people are looking at six figures of debt thinking there's there's no way I could ever do this. What would you tell those people? It's, it's all about uh, the desire to do it as well as uh, the motivation. And uh, together, yeah. you know, we just put our head down, really focused on, on the debt and uh, the budget. The budget is so critical yeah. and, and being content and being happy to say, you know, we, this is not us today. This is not for us today. 
we'll we'll get it when yeah. when time N- comes. No means not yet. Yeah, right. that's right. Right. That's Good for right. y'all. Hey, we got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That's the next chapter in your story if you're not already there. And uh, according, also a total money makeover book for you to give away and disturb some other couple. <laughs> I like that. And a Financial Peace University one-year membership. Uh, I'm sure you'll find a good use for that as super coordinators. Find uh, somebody that's deserving that you can send through that. So all of those are gifts for you to re-gift and, uh, at our pleasure. And we thank you. Thank you guys for sharing. We're so proud of y'all. You're amazing. Thank you. You're thank heroes, you. man. You, you did it. We yeah, did baby. It. This is how it works. Patrick and Kelly, Richmond, Virginia. 332000 paid off in six years, making 90 to 130 Debt-free house and everything. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, Three two, two, one. one. We're, We're debt-free. Debt yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is you can do this. If you're listening to this right now, you're watching this right now, you can do this. It's very doable. It's hard, but it's doable. This is The Ramsey Show. Christine Alice Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Joe is with us in Orlando, Florida. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Uh, huge fan. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Better than I deserve. What's up in your world? Yeah, so well, I want to say thanks to that last couple for the great testimony and for being the toughest act to follow ever. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, so, uh, you know, my, my good news is, is that leading up into 2020, completed all the baby steps, uh, was really rolling, have up to uh, 75K in retirement funds as, as a 32-year-old. Um, in, in 2020, I, I got married, and then we both got master's degrees. So my, my big downer is that we actually now have 85K in student loan debt. And when I talk to the very, you know, successful people, they tell me, well, you should start paying that off, but also no matter what, contribute to your 401k so you get the match. Um, But I have a feeling you're going to tell me that I should completely uh, stop contributing to that 401k to pay off the the debt. Why Uh, Why do you have that feeling? (laughs) <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've watched you, I've watched you a, a few, a few times, but I, I haven't had to revisit the, uh, the, the, the Dave Ramsey scriptures since 2020. So I, I'm, I'm calling to, to maybe get a kick in the butt and, uh, and what, and curious what you would say to those, you know, wealthy folks who took that strategy of still contributing to their 401k while paying off debt. Yeah. Uh, I would say that they are not as wealthy as maybe they're projecting themselves to be or that they're unusual, 
I'll answer that question first. When we studied the millionaires, 10,167 people who became millionaires, 90% of which became millionaires starting from nothing. They did not inherit money to make them millionaires, meaning they did this, uh, the, they, they built wealth. The vast majority of them, there were some that followed the plan you're talking about, but the vast majority of them uh, you know, concentrated on getting rid of debt and then used the freed up income to build wealth with because your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. Um, now, can the way you're working it, or you're talking about working it, uh, work? Yes, it can. The reason that we've had more success than a lot of people in uh, helping people build wealth is not because of the mathematics of this discussion, but because of the behavior aspects of this discussion. And what we found is, um, and it kind of runs against my math nerd brain, but uh, what we found is the psychology of this whole thing is more important than the math is. You get the psychology right, the math ends up taking care of itself. Here's what I mean. Very few people can be consistent and intense on three things at once. That lack of focus, that lack of being dialed in on a singular goal uh, causes people to not accomplish the goal. So it's very difficult to, I'll use something you said, get your master's degree uh, while running 10 marathons in a year. <laughs> okay. You could, they're, both, sure. they're both excellent goals. They're both, there's nothing wrong with both, but it requires a level of diligence and singularity of focus to complete Herculean tasks. And uh, when you screw around with them, you end up not doing the marathons or not doing the NBA or worse, not doing both because you try to do too many things at once and so much stuff on your plate. And uh, Earl Nightingale, the father of motivational speaking, grandfather of motivational speaking, used to say that uh, the difficulty of achieving the goal is not what keeps people from achieving the goal as often as uh, the things that they try to do while they're trying to do the goal. And so all of that is my pitch for singularity of purpose, meaning, yeah, I'm stopping everything temporarily. What's your household income, by the way? Uh, about 160000 a year. Okay, so you're going to be debt-free in under two years. Okay. Yeah, if we really behaved ourselves, that well, would be I mean, the case. Well, that, I that, mean, that, that, I'm presupposing that with this whole discussion. Because if you don't behave <laughs> yourself, the other people's plan doesn't work either. Understood. Yeah, I mean, I was on a, a three-year uh, three-year plan, given some you know emergency fund expenses. But yeah, uh, you're spending. You know, you're still you're still going out to eat. You're still going on vacations. You're still screwing around. A little bit. Yeah. Well, well I, I mean, one hundred and sixty thousand. You ought to be able to find forty of it in a year. That's two years. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's pretty wimpy. Yeah. Well, I, I think it feels hard because you've already worked through the baby steps and you, you got that pride and that excitement in 2020 of having everything paid off. And now it's kind of like a drag to have to go back and go, oh, man, we got to do this again. And I love that you called in knowing what Dave's going to say. I mean, you you already know that you got to go back through this. You know that it's going to be hard. You've, you're familiar with the work and the effort. Um, I think it's just really accepting deep down that that this journey is, you know, starting again, that you're back in baby step two. And with that, I would encourage you to go back through FPU or maybe even coordinate a class, you know, listening to the last debt free scream, you know, they really 
helped other people while they were helping themselves and that produces motivation. So I think the biggest challenge right now is like deep digging deep in your soul to figure out, you know, how are we going to get but, that? But, but don't go lead a class if you're going to keep doing this other plan, okay? That'd be True. hypocritical. We don't need we don't need coordinators half butt doing stuff, okay? So if you're going to half butt do it, don't don't do the class. That doesn't work. So, you know, here's the thing, Joe. You're going to do what you're going to do. You you know, you're obviously not dumb people. You make almost a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. You both have graduate degrees. You're not dumb people. You just got to decide what the fastest right way with the highest probability of success in the shortest period of time is. Our plan has taught 10 million people and made more millionaires than all your little friends uh, sipping their lattes, talking together, put together have. So you just got to decide who you're going to listen to. Uh, this is not, this, I'm, not a, I'm not a college professor who never made payroll. This, I'm, I'm not operating on tenure here. This is real people doing real stuff. Ten freaking million people have gone through Financial Peace University. There are tens of thousands more millionaires all over America just because they did exactly what we said to do. Now, you can decide you don't want to do that, and that doesn't mean you're dumb. The other way will work, but the question is, what is the fastest right way that has the highest probability of success, least probability of failure along the way? And it is getting rid of this debt in under two years, completely focusing beans and rice, rice and beans. You fell off the wagon. You went $80,000 in debt. Look in the mirror and go, stupid, I got to fix this. And that's the fastest right way to address it. Now, you can screw around with all these other people's plans, and you know you can watch TikTok, and they've all got an opinion about money. But there's a reason they're on TikTok, okay? So think about it. Uh, you know, you got to look at this. You got to figure it out. And, and uh, But, I, you know, here's the thing. If I hire a personal trainer, he walks in, he's got an eight-pack, and I got a keg, I got to decide if I'm going to do his plan or my plan. <laughs> you know, you just got to decide which one I'm going to go with here. Yeah, and I love what you said about very few people can be uh, consistent and intense on three things at once. You can't. That is really powerful. I it's, think a lot of people are seeing all this get rich quick stuff out in the market now, and they think that they can do all these things, and they're the one that's going to figure out the strategy of how to invest in all these cool, fancy things, and they're going to pay off their debt at the same time, and then they wake up five years later, and it did not work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's listen, it, that's why this whole idea of life balance is so stupid. It just doesn't work. You don't have a quality life if every single day is parsed out, balanced across the nine areas of your life, your spiritual walk, you know, your physical fitness, your marriage, your kids, your education, your intellect, your work life. You know, when you spread all those things out and try to do them all in one day, nothing gets done. You're, tra you're training for a marathon. Your, your Bible study may end up sitting to the side a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're trying to read through the Bible in a year. You may not end up hit, hitting the street every day and running five miles every day. And it's not you're gonna something gonna, something going to trade off, baby, in order for you to win at the other thing. And, and over the scope of your life, you need to touch all these areas. But in a given day, a given week, or even a given season, no, you're not supposed to have life balance. Well, and you'll get to those goals later. And yeah. you'll get to building wealth. You'll get yeah. to paying off your house. That's going to come in the baby steps. But be willing to make the sacrifices and do the hard now so that you can really win with those goals later. Live like no one else so later you can live and give like no one else. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it yields a harvest of righteousness. This is The Ramsey Show.
Dave here. We just launched a brand new audience survey for The Ramsey Show, and we'd love your feedback. You could be entered to win a $500 Visa gift card. No purchase necessary. Take the survey at RamseySolutions.com slash survey.